No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Goals were scored. A point was gained. Yet I have the sinking suspicion that Winnipeg Jets fans are not altogether pleased with tonight's result. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba, for all those joining us this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. We say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets 6-5 defeat at the hands of the Los Angeles Kings, a game that the Winnipeg Jets led by two goals on three separate occasions, yet couldn't somehow find a way to bring two points home to bed when they needed it so very badly. Gentlemen, good evening to you both on this Tuesday evening. A team that couldn't score a goal finally broke out on that front, but then a team that usually was pretty stingy, at least in terms of the goals against, gave up a whole bunch of them and ultimately dropped that 6-5 decision. How are you guys on this Tuesday night? I think we're doing well. I can't speak for Dave, but I'm at Dave's house and we were doing well. So let's go with we're doing well. Yeah, Drew, five five even strength goals. And yeah. we talked about it on, on the Saturday show, right? Like you didn't mm-hmm. have an even strength goal somehow in the last three games. Like it's really hard to believe that's the case. Right. So you're happy with that. But you, you talked about it. You just mentioned it, right? Like you, you gave up, you know, three two goal leads. And obviously, I mean, the shootout is a coin flip. We're not going to spend any time on the post-game show talking about, you know, the shootout because it's just, like I said, I mean, it could go either way. It's a skills competition. I hate it. I think a lot of people hate it. Maybe some people like it, but, um, you know, they needed a clean two points here. And, you know. And it was there for the taking. Exactly. And it's an unfortunate, like Dylan Sandberg falls down and, you know, it leads to the Gabe Velarde tying goal. It's unfortunate, but. You know, that Kings power play, guys, I don't know if we've seen, like, Edmonton's got a great power play. I realize that. <laughs> You're about to see it Friday, Saturday. Well, exactly. But, I mean, that, I mean, the LA, the thing, Dave, with that Kings power play is the second power play unit was just as good as the first unit. And I was saying to Dave here while we were watching the game in the third period, like, it's just great to see, like, obviously at the expense of the Jets, but, you know, Andre Kopitar, everybody knows he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just still crazy that hockey he's player. still, well, it's unbelievable, Drew, that at this age, right, like he's still, you know, putting up these incredible numbers. And, you know, that Kings team, I mean, they, they've they got to be better defensively and goaltending is obviously the the huge question mark. Phoenix Copley obviously is not the answer. Yeah. I think he's done an admirable job. And it's crazy if you look at his record, I think he's only got four losses uh, on the season. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the team in front of him. But uh, yeah. yeah, Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar were up to their old tricks. And I mean, you look at Josh Morrissey. I mean, what more can you say about him this year? He's obviously, you know, in the Norris Trophy con- uh, consideration, but, you know, he had an incredible start to this game, popping in a couple goals. You love to see Kevin Stenlin. I mean, he gets the monkey off of his back, right? He pops in a couple goals. The shorthanded goal was huge. Like when, when that goal was scored, you're looking at that goal and you're saying that could easily be the, the turning point in this game. But yeah, I mean, breakdowns, turnovers, it's unfortunate that the Jets couldn't get the job done, but you obviously like the fact that they exploded for five Gs. 
You like the five goals, as he's right about that, Dave. But, I mean, ultimately, I think there's still far more questions about this team than there are answers, especially with their play over the last, you know, two months, I'm going to say. It's been close to two months at this point in time. Still more questions than answers. The schedule certainly doesn't get any easier with a back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers. And I don't know if you guys watched uh, last night's Oilers-Bruins game, but that game was being played in fast-forward. And I'm really curious on Friday, and of course we're getting ahead of ourselves because we still have tonight to talk about to see how the Jets can handle, uh, you know, that kind of that kind of speed, how they can handle McDavid and Drysaitel. And I know that they handled them once earlier this year already, but on a back-to-back situation, they just have to go back to the bubble, Drew, when they swept them. That's all they have to do. Channel that, you know, got to bring back that 2021 energy. Yeah, just 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 that easy. No questions about it. But I mean, I you know, it, it's there's still more questions than answers about this Winnipeg Jets team. Yes, mm. they get a point. Yes, that is helpful because it's better than getting no points. But still, when you have three different two goal leads, Dave, you have to find a way to not give those up. Particularly the fact that they had a two goal lead entering the third period you have to find a way to shut down the opposition and the Jets couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and I was listening to our good friend, Kelly Moore on the, on the, um, on his, on CDOB when I was driving home from the game during the second period intermission. And, and I got to tell you, like he read out the stats for what the Jets are when they're up in the, going into the third. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like 30 and three. Yeah. Like they generally do not lose games when they've got a lead. Uh, I would say generally speaking, probably, prior to you know this team and you're talking about you know a malaise of late drew yeah a malaise of late and one of the one of the things they showed one of the graphics they showed when we were at the game but it was up you know of course the tsn broadcast is above us in the television on the televisions the first 30 games of the season so this was game 61 so going back ignoring this game of course because it was before the game went start got went live 29 and 1 were the jets so 29 and 1 it's pretty respectable yeah the last 30 games of the season 15, 15, and zero. Hey, you're stealing my stats. Well, that is, I know I was going to say as, but I was just, I, it is your stat. You mentioned it. I just was reiterating Obviously, it. I'm joking, Dave, because anybody can go to NHL.com and look up the <laughs> schedule and the standings and everything like that. But yeah, they've been 500 for two months now. That's well, right. And so, I, so anyways, I'm just ahead. saying that this is a team that has just not been able to shake what it is that is ailing them. And again, it's, it's weird because it's not health. Because they got healthy, right? They've been they've been a they've been a poorer team since getting healthy yeah. and losing the grit. And I know people say, "Well, grit, blah blah blah." Well, the the heart, the way those guys played. Sorry, but like guys, like I, I know I understand that the leash is always going to be a shorter for a Mikey Estimont or a Jansen Harkins or insert name here. There's the guy who will not be denied on shorthanded break shorthanded opportunities, Kevin Stenland. But the fact of the matter is, the Jets were winning. And again, it's, it's strength of schedule, and there's 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 a variety of factors. You can't just say, well, they had they had guys who grinded and, and showed more heart. That was solely the reason. You know, the schedule was a lot different in the early part of the season for Winnipeg than it was later. But again, they they were having more success with lesser talent in the lineup than they are currently are right now with a completely healthy group. Sons, the 2020 first rounder, and Cole Perfetti. So it's it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because they should be, again, like as he said, how many games have we watched now? The Jets haven't scored a five-on-five goal until tonight. 
So it's it's mm-hmm. it's one of those inexplicable things from a from a team that makes no sense, given the fact that again they got healthy, and yet it's not on the Ehlers. By the way, I know folks are like, well, it's ever since Nikolai Ehlers came back. It's all it's not all on Nikolai Ehlers, guys. Like hockey, you can't say hockey's a team game and then blame one player for the ills of this team. Sorry, it's not just Nikolai Ehlers. Can't just watch. You can't watch these games and say. It's not on Blake Wheeler. It's not on Kyle Connor. It's not on Mark Scheifele. It is a collective, not on Neil Pionk. The only guy who's probably a little bit exempt as he right now is Josh Morrissey. If you're going to start pointing to guys, I mean, this might as well be 10-year-olds playing soccer, right? Like, the, like I remember when, you know, a goal was scored, it would be one guy blaming the other guy. No, it was your fault. No, it was your fault. I wasn't even on the field. No, it was your fault. You missed that guy. You know what I mean? Like, it, this is definitely not one or two or three or four players. Like you look at the and, and we're gonna get into the goals as Drew mentioned. We have a lot of goals to get into here in this game. I'm just gonna but, not talk for a bit to keep my to keep my voice, you know, nice. Yeah, and, keep and, it fresh. And, I'll yeah, talk here for fresh, a little bit, Drew. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, like the 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 goal, you know, to get it going for the Kings in the third period, the Kopitar goal I'm talking about. Yeah, like there's a turnover in the neutral zone, right? Lowry turns the puck over, and you know, Pionk goes to close. I think it's Adrian Kempe on the right side boards. And so Lowry just doesn't, you know, isn't quick enough to cover for Kopitar because Dylan's on the left side and he comes over, right? Like, so it, again, it's just poor defensive coverage. Like how many times over the last few weeks, you know, going back to that Eastern Conference road trip, have we talked about turnovers and bad defensive zone coverage? Like I'm going to steal uh, Mendelism here, attention to detail, right? Like, yes, the puck was going in for you tonight, right? Like Morrissey popped in a couple. We talked about it. Stenland, Shorty, a couple goals. Connor, we're going to get into that goal. Just what an amazing shot. I know a lot of people are, you know, on social media, we're talking about, you know, Phoenix Copley should have had that. I mean, that was a world-class shot by a world-class player. So I love that goal by Connor. But again, you had to hang on to a lead here. When you lose the first two games of this homestand, the way they did, losing 5-1 to the Avalanche and getting shut out by the Islanders, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but you got to hang on to the lead here. You're in a wild card spot now. You're not in second in the Central anymore. So... I just think that, you know, you've it's... used sorry, you've used up the buffer. They had a right. buffer. They had a buffer. They had all those points banked that we talked about in, in all those games earlier in the year where they were winning and they were winning and maybe they weren't necessarily winning the right way, but then there were games where they were winning the right way. They had that buffer. Well, they've used up that buffer. I mean, that is really where we're at right now. The buffer that the Jets had uh between them and the falling out of the playoff spot is, is practically gone and we're going to keep a close eye tonight on what's happening between calgary and and boston uh there's about 12 minutes to go in the third period there the bruins lead 2-1 did you guys see happen to see the shots on goal in that game i know that i know i know calgary was it was it was two nothing for the bruins but they were being outshot like 16 to five or something so after 40 minutes the shots on goal the bruins were leading 2-1 but the shots on goal were 39 to nine in favor of Calgary. So now, and now the shots on goal, uh, of course he's dead drew (laughs) now shots on goal are 42 to 11 and Boston is still up to one with about uh, 12 and a half minutes to go. So we'll keep an eye on that as the uh, post game show. Is Linus Allmark in that? Uh, No, it's uh, Dan uh, later. 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 Yeah. Cause Swayman's injured, right? Uh, or Swayman in Providence. No, it's Wool. Sure. It's it's. I think it's uh. It's what's his name? Wool. You know their prospect. Hang on, I think. I don't even know. What happened to Swayman? 
from Alaska. Oh, you're talking about wait, are you talking, talking about, about Bruins? Boston? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking yeah. about for no, um, it is Allmark. Well, technically, sorry, later it is Allmark. Play, Swayman later. played last. Sway, it's uh, yeah, Swayman played last night for uh, for Boston against. <laughs> when you said Dan Vladard, that's Calgary's goal. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I didn't know what you were talking about. I was, I was reading the chats. Yeah, he used to be from Boston. Boston. Yeah. He was on Boston. For a second there, I forgot that he was not Boston. Yeah, Vladar got the start. He gave up two goals on five shots. It's been Markstrom uh, for the second and the third period. Right. And so, Cal- Calgary's had trouble in that all year long, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're the only team right now that can catch one of these two teams, right? Like, the Jets, the Oilers, like, the, the Kraken, I guess. Like, all these teams. Like, the, the West is so tight. But I really don't think Nashville or St. Louis has a chance. No, no. Like Nashville's all, I mean, clearly selling. Yeah. St. Louis is clearly selling. So it's, you know, there's, look, there's nine teams for eight playoff spots right. in the West, barring right. something uh, completely unforeseen. But, I mean, let's not even, you know, entertain that for the time being. The, the, sorry, go ahead. I, I did, before you start the game, Betway game recap, Drew, I do have one yeah. quick question. Was today the trade deadline? No. No. <laughs> Because it, it, it really felt like it, like I, I, I joke. Still trying to said, figure out the Rasmus Sandin for a first round pick and Eric Gustafson. Like I realized that they brought in Luke Shen and Jake McCabe, Jake McCabe, but like to me that trade was just weird from the Washington perspective. Well, well I mean, I, the, 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 all I'm saying is it just it felt like. Let me tell you, thank God we don't have to fill the airtime on Friday because TSN Sportsnet are going to have absolutely nothing to talk about because every trade will have been caught. Friday's just going to be Jacob Chikrin watch. Well, nah, he's coming to the Jets on Tuesday. But today's Tuesday, Dave. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So you're saying within the next hour and 43 minutes? Nah, no, the Jets are going to trade for him, and he just won't be eligible for the playoffs next I week. I think Dave's been spending too much time at Canada Life. Yeah, he needs a little nap true. after tonight's yeah. post-game show. I do uh, need Calgary, Calgary tied it up. So uh, as we were talking about, Calgary tied it up. Two all. Uh, Eric Francis over here? Well, I'm just keeping <laughs> an eye on it. They got people in the chat telling me, and I've got it on the second screen on my right here. So... Uh, there you go. Like I said, we keep people up to date on what's happening in that game as we go through it on the post-game show. Let's get into the Betway game recap. It's brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. About uh, three quarters of the first period, but the Jets did open the scoring. Again, a bit of a slow start. The They were being outshot by a decent margin by the Kings, but you could see that there was maybe a little bit more energy in their game. Finally, the Jets do open the scoring. It's a five-on-five goal, as we talked about. It comes at the 15-52 mark of the first period. Josh Morrissey, his 12th of the year, assisted Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. And it's, there's nothing pretty about it. There's nothing exciting about it. It's just dig, 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 hard work. Shifley is is sort of pounding away, trying to get the puck uh, out and underneath of, out from underneath of Phoenix Copley. He does, and then Josh Morrissey comes up and cleans up the garbage, uh, giving the Jets the one nothing lead. I was a little surprised. I mean, we you've seen a whistle quicker, uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in circumstances. I'm not saying there should have been a whistle because there shouldn't have been, but it was. I'll, I'll give the refs credit on this one for not blowing that whistle too soon because very often we would see an early whistle there before the puck was completely frozen. As he, yeah, I agree with that. And what you like on this goal is that Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are creating some havoc in front of the net, right? Like Wheeler was doing some good work. Uh, behind the net, getting the puck back to Morrissey. Then Shifley gets it back to Morrissey because the initial shot by Morrissey, I believe, was partially tipped by Wheeler. 
And then you're absolutely right. I think I saw like greasy goal at least half a dozen times on my top timeline. Scotty Billick, Mike McIntyre calling it a greasy goal, just like Drew just did. And, and it was, right? But that's like what you like to see, right? Like Morrissey, how many times have we seen him do the the walk the line, kind of half spinorama, create some room for himself, and then just put the puck on net? And I like the fact that he goes in there and, you know, gets his own rebound. So you're absolutely right, Drew. This wasn't pretty, but that's that's the type of goal that the Jets need with the way they've been playing over the last few weeks. Yeah, exactly right. They need it wasn't going to it didn't need to be pretty. It wasn't going to be pretty. They needed to just put bodies towards the net and get rewarded and they did here on this gold, Dave. Yeah, and I just wanted to jump in and say and look, and folks inside the building weren't happy because of course you don't have like they had one shot in the first period against the New York Islanders yeah. in maybe not a must win game, but a let's see how the team responds game on Sunday. And they had two shots for what 13 minutes of this of this first period. So and LA had outshot them nine to two, and LA had that uh, that early power play, but still it was nine to two in favor of the Kings. And you're starting to think here they go again. And of course, worth mentioning, Pierre Luc Dubois didn't play in today's game. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with a, a nagging lower body injury. Mason Appleton also didn't play in today's game. He's dealing with an upper body injury. He was highly doubtful for the game. Pierre-Luc Dubois was a game-time decision, so the Jets, of course, went with 11-7. and seven. They went with 11-7 and because they didn't have a choice. They didn't have the option to, to recall anyone because they're at the 23-man roster limit. Right. And, of course, if they put either of those two guys on IR, neither of them would be available for the Friday-Saturday game against the Oilers. So that's, of course, why the Jets went with 11-7 and seven and why Pierre-Luc Dubois is, and would most likely be available, I would think, on Friday and maybe Mason Appleton as well. I thought you were going to see Kyle Capobianco maybe play center tonight, Dave. <laughs> maybe. Who knew? Who knew? And then also worth noting that David Gustafson, uh, Rick Bonus, although it was funny because he took uh, center of the yeah. fourth line line rushes, which I thought was curious, but uh, Rick Bonus had said that he needs, you know, three more practices and then he should be ready to go for the, uh, for the weekend, which of course is going to necessitate some sort of moves, uh, some sort of waiver move uh, for the Jets because, of course, they're at 23-man roster. So I should have gotten that one in. And then just quickly on the goal, the one thing we haven't been seeing, and as he touched on it, but Mark Shifley at least did some good, dirty work and Josh Morrissey going to the goal. And that's what you want to see from the Jets. And that's what you need to see because it's been too much passing from this team, even you know a little bit on that 2 on 0 with Shifley and Kyle Connor, which could have had you know a, a big impact in that game. But look, it's it, it's one of those things that you've been wanting to see from the Jets, and at least they got it done in that first goal. It's certainly right. Three uh, two Calgary now leading Boston. In case uh, people, yeah, are, I put it up. Are, I put it up on so, the thing. Drew. I know Cors- you did. Corsi's alive again. Yeah, Corsi's back alive. Corsi's <laughs> uh, dead. Corsi's alive. The Jets take their first two goal lead of the game, and this comes uh, a minute and forty three seconds later. Josh Morrissey, his thirteenth assist. Dylan Demello, uh, you know, and this is just he's got nothing but time and space. I mean, the Kings end up with five guys on the right side of the ice and the puck is with Josh Morrissey on the left and he moves in from the blue line and he moves even beyond the top of the circle and he just unleashes a howitzer and there's no traffic in front of Phoenix Copley on this goal but there doesn't need to be traffic because it's a well-placed shot and it's an absolute you know just an absolute piss missile if you if you want to use a football term uh, and the Jets have a two-nothing lead and that's how it was at the end of 40 minutes day pardon me at the end of 20 minutes Dave yeah, I can jump in here. I think Dave okay, is doing Dave's something. Dave's tweeting. I think he's I was, tweeting. I was getting ready to tweet, but I'm, I'm done. I'm done my tweeting now. And look, Josh Morrissey took the team on his back. 
And that's, that's just the way it was. I mean, it, you could see it because he, the, he, again, he's a guy who gets a sense of the, the, uh, the crowd the and, moment. and of the moment and of the crowd and the necessity to do something. And it was, a, it was a nice pass by DeMello who got it over to Morrissey and Morrissey wired it. I mean, that was just, that was a rocket. It was an absolute rocket. And it, I mean, it was big, right? I mean, a lot of milestones for Josh Morrissey. I, I mean, I detailed it, and I know a lot of these guys don't like to focus on personal accolades, especially when they lose. But, you know, I mean, look, he hit 60 points for the first time in his career. The, his second goal, which is the one we're talking about now, that gave him 13 goals in 61 games. His previous high was was 12. And he also, later on, hit his 50th assist of the season. So, I mean, as, as he said, when we were talking about it, uh, you know, watching the third period, I mean, the guy's been... Uh, the best player for this Jets club this whole season. And and that was a, a big moment for the Jets. It was a big moment. It was a big release valve for the crowd. You could sense it, right? Like the, 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 sure. There was a lot of positive energy with, um, you know, Adam Lowry playing his 600th career game for the Jets. And then the Nino Niederreiter, um, you know, entry to, to being welcomed into the, into the building. And, and so there was a lot of excitement, but then again, the Kings kind of started things off and the Jets were slow. Now, suddenly Josh Morrissey, hits that release valve, and you could sense the crowd was excited they were amped up because of that. Yeah, uh, the Jets had got the 2 nothing lead that they wanted, the 2 nothing lead that they needed, and they're feeling good about themselves after 20 minutes, probably feeling good about themselves for the first time uh, since that Rangers game, but even then they probably weren't feeling that great about themselves. That was more Hellebuck feeling good about himself. So it's been a while since the Jets had a 2 nothing lead after 20 minutes or, or, or felt this good about themselves. Unfortunately, the LA Kings power play, which we talked about uh, earlier in the preamble to the post-game show, it strikes early in the second period. Period, uh, with Neil Pionk in the box for holding, it takes all of six seconds for Andre Kopitar to get his 21st goal of the year, assist to Kevin Fiala and Drew Doughty. And that's just a good-looking power play, as he. It's a fast-moving power play. It's crisp. It's got a lot of motion. It doesn't have a lot of standing still. And on this one, uh, it, the, the, the seam pass had so much room that it wasn't even a seam. I think it was more of a cavern that they were able to pass it through. And Kopitar makes no mistake uh, uh, wheeling and, and shooting from the, the, side of the, the side of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, you're 100% right about the way this... I mean, it's almost like a perfect power play. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, like... The second power play unit, so you mentioned, you know, the goal, Kopitar from Doughty and Fiala, and then you've got Gabe Velarde and Adrian Kempe on there. But on the second power play unit, Dino, Ayafalo, Arvidsson, Dursey. Dursey's a guy that I've liked for a few years. And uh, Arthur Kaliev, um, who I think was a 2019, the Hainoli year, right, Dave, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, 2018 or 2019, he's a real good uh, player for them. This Kings team, like... If they could get some better goaltending, like yeah. I, I think they would, could become dangerous in the playoffs. I mean, they're already a dangerous team. They're they could easily finish first in the division. They could also finish in a wild card spot because all the teams are so close together. But you're absolutely right. Like the, when I when you watch that power play, like they have a purpose, right? Like it seems like they're always thinking, like let's score a goal. Like they move it fast. They have some guys with really good shots. Obviously, you know Drew Doughty is you know looking like the old Drew Doughty when he won the Norris Trophy, but. What I love about, you know, this goal, particular goal is it's just old school Doughty and, and Kopitar, right? And Kopitar has been good in the face-off circle forever. Um, but, I mean, it's just, you know, back to Doughty and, you know, or, sorry, um, Doughty over to Fiala. And then Kopitar is just a little bit too wide open. It's just a one-timer. And like you said, it's five seconds after they drop the puck on the face-off. 
Yeah, it does not take long, which is a sign hi, of a good power play, a, a well-executed power play. Brixton, say hi to the people in the in the chat. By the way, Azzy, just so you know, you are right. It was 2019. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, for Kaliev. Kaliev's a good player. Yeah, he's a good. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about the Kings and the need for goaltending and everything else because they've been the team that's linked to uh, Jacob Chikrin a lot as well. And there was always talk about maybe a Chikrin and Vimelka package. Yeah, you know, to make it even bigger. Can you, you know, you're you gonna have to give up something significant if you want those guys. Well, I'm sure you Brandon are. Brendan Lemieux. <laughs> I don't think Brendan yeah. Lemieux is gonna be the. What about Eunice Corpusallo too? That could make sense. Well, I mean, he's he was held out of uh, the he's Blue going Jackets to Toronto. game tonight. I mean, it's just Jonathan Quick has had a Hall of Fame type of career, but he's just not. He's not the guy anymore. Yeah, he, and I'm not sure. Is Cal Peterson injured still? I'm not he's sure. in the minors. He's, he's in the, the minors. minors. He's been five, so bad five, this year. Five million, five, three more years at five million Ooh. in the minors. Yeah, yeah. he's just he's awful. Uh, anyways, Chikrin and Vanelka makes a lot of sense though, Drew. Well, they were talking about it. Now, the, do the Kings want to pay the price to get them both? But you get them both, you're getting yeah. a you're getting a pretty good tandem right there. And, you know, time will tell. Obviously, what, Friday Friday is uh, a mere few days away, but the trades are happening every hour on the hour. <laughs> Dave, though, how many trades are there left? Like Toronto made at least what four trades today, <laughs> like, and I'm Cap not sure they're appreciably better than they were before. Well, Cap Friendly said, well, Ryan Cap O'Reilly, though. I know Ryan O'Reilly, but yeah. aside from but, that, but the Cap Cap Friendly basically said, I think that this is the most it is, like, yeah, in advance of the actual in, deadline in, in like yeah in, in said, modern history at least. I think it said yeah, like last year in the two weeks leading up. In the two, so from the, the two, two weeks week leading period up. Yeah. leading up to it, but like stopping like forty eight hours before or something, right? Yeah, there yeah. was like been been like thirteen trades last year, yeah. which was a high number, and this year I think there's already been like twenty two or something. So I think it was twenty four. I think it was twenty four after. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Guys, I'm probably... actually still trying to figure out how many players the Devils got in that Timo Timo Meyer. Two one for the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, but I'm sorry, Drew. Out. I just wanted to say one thing, and it was a constant theme for almost every Kings goal. Yeah, it was loss of face, a face off. off in the defensive zone. Sure, I mean, it, and again, Jets were better. I think overall today in the face off area, at least they were for for what uh, I think in the. I think they were. I know Shifley was better, but the point is, it was fifty four. So the Kings won thirty three draws. The Jets uh, and the Jets won twenty eight draws. So okay, it was it was, it was they, so the LA must have taken over in the third. So I, I think my numbers were from the second intermission. But the point is, a lot of those defensive losses. Ended up in the back of the not a lot, but well, technically a lot of goals. Wow. But I'm just saying, you know, especially especially when they were trying. Look, the Kings. How many were those redirects, right? From well, you know, from the, the Kopitar, point, so. the Kopitar show for the, on the uh, you know, uh, not. I mean, look, his first goal was a power play goal, was a beautiful goal. Yeah, but the next two goals, which were his, were all redirects. Yeah, I mean, and so you know, and and one of them was off of a was a far off a clean faceoff win where That's he beat right. Lowry. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Kyle Connor regains restores the Jets two goal lead. Uh, it's at the 608 mark of the second period. His 27th assist to Mark Shifley, assist to Josh Morrissey. It's a nice zone entry from Shifley, nice clean zone entry. He leaves it for Kyle Connor. Connor comes down the uh, the, the left side, so to the right of Phoenix Copley. Doesn't look like this should be a scoring opportunity. It's a great shot by Connor. Ezzy, with all due respect, I think you're being a little bit generous to Phoenix Copley in 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 talking up the shot and not mentioning just the. I just didn't like his positioning. He makes himself small in the net, which is uh, you know it, it sort of comes sometimes with being a butterfly goalie. If you're not naturally a, a, a taller goalie, he just sort of made himself small. And Kyle Connor, he doesn't need a big uh, a big window to shoot it into, and he, he's able to pick the corner very nicely. And give the Jets the three-one lead. 
I'll agree with you, though, Drew, that his positioning was odd because yeah. I don't think I, I mean, I could be wrong about this. I mean, we'd have to listen to if Phoenix Copley talked to the media about that goal. But it seemed like he didn't think Connor was going to shoot. That's what it seemed like to me. Like he thought, you know, based on Connor's speed, you know, maybe he's going to take the puck. But he's right like at the side of the, the to the right of Copley, like right where the faceoff circle begins. Right. So yeah. it's a really bad angle shot. So, yeah, Copley should probably have that. But I like that. At least Connor, I don't know, you know, if Connor is going to talk to the media, if he's going to talk about his goal, if he does talk to the media, I imagine he is going to talk about that goal, Dave. But clearly, you know, he saw something there and that was like, that was a shot that, you know, it wasn't like you put the puck on the net hoping for a rebound. That was a shot where like it was a well-played shot. So yeah, it was uh, probably one that Copley should have, but I just like it because, you know, Connor's got that world-class shot. And I just, and especially considering that the Kings were starting to get some momentum, right? And that put the Jets up for the second time, up two goals. So it kind of took a, you know, deflated the momentum a little bit for the Kings. But yeah, I mean, cop, look at the goaltending for both sides was not very good tonight. Okay. Like no. when there's 11 goals scored, you can't yeah. say either. <laughs> most times you can, you can, you know, maybe say that, uh, you know, the goaltending wasn't great. But tonight there was a few goals on both sides that you'd probably like to have back. Three all Bruins tied it up on the power play. So three all less than ten, less than 10 minutes to go in Calgary. Thanks, Jack uh, Edwards. You're welcome. Doing my <laughs> job here. I, I hope I'm not Jack Edwards. Uh, I might I might get beat up by who was it? Pat Maroon. Is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who he, they made uh, up. Yeah, I know they made up. And look, I, you know, Jack, Jack Edwards. I mean, we've all met Jack Edwards. We used to have him on back in the TSN 12 90 days. He's a, yeah. he's not a big guy. No, he's not. Like Patrick, he's not. Patrick Maroon is a big boy. So it's just funny. It would that, not be a fair fight. You no. Know, it would not be a fair fight at all. 3-1 for the Jets. Uh, Andre Kopitar, he brings the Kings back within one. It's his 22nd of the year, 9-14 mark of the second period. Assist to Alex Edler and Quinton Byfield. And you look, Saku Manalainen is not going to like this one. It's no. just a bad turnover. Yep. I mm -hmm. mean, it's just a plain old bad turnover from a guy who he had space through. He had sort I know. of cut you off. It should have been a clean out. zone exit. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if he just fanned on the shot or he got nervous or what happened yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, you, you just when 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 you have an opportunity to move the puck up and yeah. and you turn the puck over like that, like it's just inexcusable. And that's a guy that we've talked about. He has really struggled yeah. over the last you know ten to fifteen games, especially because when you don't, when that guy doesn't really have doesn't have much of a a reason for staying in the lineup. I mean, you know, the, the, there's, I mean, I'm, you know, in question as to why he's still always in the Jets lineup. I mean, I know it's his penalty killing skills largely, but this is an ugly one. Uh, and Kopitar, you know, it knows how to redirect pucks. He is always going to be in the, you know, cliche dirty area because that's where he makes a pretty good living and has made the slot. Uh, yeah, that's where he gets the his slot. goals in the slot. Yeah. Just, and he knows how to re redirect pucks. He's a world class. Uh, First ballot know. Hall of Famer. That's what I said last time. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, and, and he knows how to tip the tip pucks like nobody else, and he can get his stick loose and into the areas, and his teammates know where he's going to be. And this is just an example of that to make it three two. Just a, a very nice tip. Uh, no chance for Connor Hellebuck. It's completely a redirection. But uh, uh, you know the Jets are just when they think that they're maybe going to pull away here. They let L.A. come right back into the game by a sort of a self-inflicted uh, error. And this is what that was, a Saku line And with the self-inflicted error and the Jets unable to bail their teammate out on this one. And then it only takes a minute and 29 seconds later until the Kings tie it up. And who else is it? But it's Andre Kopitar. That's the hat trick for him. And this is all him. He wins the clean face off, Dave. It's yep. back to Doughty. 
uh, Adam Lowry just loses them. I mean, yeah, Lowry yeah. just loses Andre Kopitar. You know, you know, and this is the these are the matchups that Lowry need, is, is getting paid for. Winning these matchups is the what he's getting paid for because we know not the offense, thirty-three. It's not his thirty-three games without a goal. No, it's certainly not. It's not his offense. There's nothing else there. It's well, and Lowry let, redeemed himself and made a really nice play to Stemlin on the shorthanded goal. But you're right, Drew. Like that's what I wanted to highlight on this goal. Like, yeah, Kopitar was feeling it tonight. Yeah. Um, but like you said, off of a faceoff goes to the net. Like you, you, you just can't let Kopitar go like that. I don't know else how. And Lowry knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you got to give him a little bit of credit, a little slack because of we talked about it, Dubois, right? So Lowry and the centers are filling in for the fact that you don't have big Dubois up the middle. But again, like it's crunch time, guys, right? Like yeah. we talked about it. The Jets are in the by far the worst slump of the season. Yeah. Um, and these are the types of details that you're talking about, right? Like they were scoring goals. The goals were that wasn't the issue tonight, right? Like we've been talking about this for weeks how the Jets have been struggling to score goals. Um, but these are the types of like these are preventable goals. Yeah. Well, it, 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 I mean, they're goals that. Look, they're nice plays, but they're also goals with, that have clear breakdowns involving them, Dave. Right. I mean, that's just it. It's, you know, they're nice plays, but at the same time, it's not that you did everything right and the opponent just bested you. That's right. It's there were errors that you could have controlled on on these goals that you didn't control and then the opponent made nice plays to take advantage of your errors that gave them the opportunity in the first place. Yeah, and and look, as he's 100% right, you can see that Andre Kopitar was feeling good in the game. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think maybe he thought he was eligible to win a Manitoban, you know, a million dollars if he scored five tonight, because he looked like he, that's what he wanted to, and he look, he almost did in the third period. He almost had his fit or was it overtime? Sorry. He had a couple of good chances. So, I mean, it was, he was feeling it. And as, as he said, he's, he's a guy who's, you know, most likely a hall of famer and no, no, no. First ballot. There you go. Well, I, I meant, meant sorry, first, I, most likely a first ballot hall of Famer. That is a hill I'm willing to die on. No, I don't. Well, it's not a hard. It's not a hard one, considering how good he's been throughout yeah. the course of the years and what he's led his team to all those championships. So, I, I think that it's a it's it's just a clear reality that I mean, how many times did, um, how many times did the Jets leave him alone throughout the course of this game and then or Drew, just not tie him up? Well, and okay. I've I've got the replay up, Dave, and I'm watching it, and it's like like Drew said, like this is a set play. Kopitar wins the faceoff back to yeah. Dowdy, goes to the net, and it only takes a second like a split second for Lowry just to react slowly. So it's easy for us to sit here and, and, you know, criticize that. But really when you're talking about a Kings team, who's at the end of a road trip yeah. and they need these points, right? Like we talked about it. Both of these divisions are completely wide open. And, and Drew's right. Like I mean, there are only are nine teams fighting for eight playoff spots. The Predators and Blues are done. And obviously there's a a, but a, a bunch of bottom feeders as well that are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, yeah, right? There's, there's a reason so, we haven't been doing goal-by-goal goal, uh, recaps of the, the Blackhawks-Coyotes game tonight, folks. Man. <laughs> yeah. Like that Blackhawks lineup is looking pretty bare these days. Wow, that's... It's basically yeah. Rockford. It's pretty ugly all around there. In any event, it, it, look, it's just... It, it's great execution by the Kings and poor execution by the Jets I mean you just Adam Lowry can't get beat in that situation I know it's easy for us to say that but that that's why he's getting paid the money because his offense is dried up like Baron and not Morgan but uh, you just can't you just can't lose the draw clean and then not be in position to uh to prevent Andre Kopitar from putting his stick on the puck that said so it's three all at that point in time the Kings have come all the way back 
the Jets do a good job retaking the lead again. So they get credit here for the brief period of time. Takes them a minute and 17 seconds Danny. to get the to make it 4-3. Kevin Stenland, his fourth of the season. Assisted who else? Drew, you should have said who else but Kevin Stenland. <laughs> who else but Kevin Stenland? Uh, you know, he gets his fourth of the of the season. Assist to Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello. And again, he's got a lot of time and he's got a lot of space and he's in a good shooting position. And Phoenix Copley is left out to dry a little bit here by the Kings. I think it's Sean Dursey is who is Stenland. Yeah. Stenland and Dursey are in a puck battle. Dursey, uh, he, he thought he got tripped. He was not happy that there was not a call on it, but he's on his uh, he's on his keister. And uh, Stenland's got the puck, and he's got time, and he's got space. And Stenland wires it past uh, Phoenix Copley to give the Jets the four three lead at the twelve minute mark of the Watching second the replay period. Right now, Drew, and there was a little bit of a left leg sweep there. I didn't notice that because that we don't have the same angle, right? Like that you watch the replays on NHL.com. Closely watch the replay there. Watch Kevin Stenland's left leg. I'm not saying, hey, I'm not taking anything away from Stenland, but they're, they're, Jersey, could have, Jersey could have had an argument there. The, re- the Look, the uh, like, like every game, <laughs> the yeah. officiating yeah. had some yeah. uh, consistency issues. The officiating issues. was shady tonight. Yeah, it had some consistency issues. So I understand where Jersey's coming from. I don't think Stenland was necessarily completely uh, innocent on the play, but he got away with it. And if the shoe was on the other foot, I'm sure Jets fans would be screaming bloody murder. Uh, you know, if the Kings had scored on a similar situation, but whatever it was, Sten, there was no call. Stenland got the puck and he took made no mistake, you know, for a guy, again, who's struggling to score goals like most of the Jets, especially the Jets bottom of their lineup. It's nice for them to get goals in this situation like they did. Right. And let's not take anything away from him. I'm just saying that looking mm-hmm. at it, that's the first time I've looked at the replay since it happened live. I'm just saying, I mean, they're Jersey. You can see why Dave, he was a little bit upset. But yeah, you love the fact that Stenland breaks his goal scoring slump. And you also yeah. like the fact that he goes, you know, he he has that shoot first mentality, right? We've talked about it so much, so many times how the Jets have passed up grade A scoring chances. So you like the fact that Stenley gets greedy and you know he roofs it on on Phoenix Copley there. So and he obviously will get into you know his next goal, um, the shorthanded goal. But yeah, I mean it's it's great to see again, you know, silver linings here. The Jets lose the extra point, but I mean, you love to see a guy like Stenland who just hasn't been producing any offense as of late. So you like the fact that, you know, he he picks it, picks up a couple goals in the second period. Yeah, no question. It's, you know, the Jets now have the 4-3 lead. They run into some penalty trouble, though. Logan Stanley uh, takes a two-minute cross-checking penalty that I'm really not entirely sure how it was only assessed as a two-minute cross-checking penalty. Uh, well, what it was bizarre, to- sorry, Drew, is that it was called a major Right, then and they then reviewed, they reviewed it. it down to a minor. Yeah, isn't it usually the other way around? Like, isn't no. it you know? Because you, I don't see, think you can. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, it seemed to me like it was at least a minor, but it just seemed like it was odd that they took it down. Well, that's review. what they can review. They, they can only no, review no, 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 from no. a major to know, a minor. I know, I know, Drew. What I'm saying yeah. is that you would think that the review w- would just confirm. What well, had yes. happened? Like, if like, what oh. did they see in the review that made them think it wasn't a minor? Like, it was a pretty bad cross check. No, no. What did they see in the review that made them think it wasn't a major? Is what you're that's saying? That's what I said. No, you said what, minor, that's what I meant. That's okay. Yeah, that's what you that's mean. What I, I meant. agree. Yeah. I, I, I really am. I really was confused by it. That it, I thought it, you know. And again, I mean, I thought it was. I thought he was cut. I thought it was pretty self straightforward. 
Um, so I, I really don't know as yet. It's a very good question. I'm sure that the officials, when they meet with the pool reporter, will give a full breakdown of that. <laughs> yeah, that's not well, happening. And it was really, you know, it was really unusual watching it live in the building because originally I just thought, did the ref not see it and call Logan Stanley for a penalty for being too large? Because that's what it appeared to be uh, upon large and in charge two minutes. No, honestly, because and then you then you watch the replay and you realize that he actually hit uh, Stanley and bounced off of him. So yeah. you're like, well, what the, what are they calling the penalty on? Then you turn to then you see Stanley turn around and deliver the cross check. So you're like, okay, well that makes a little more sense. But I mean, yeah, it's it's an unusual one. But hey, that's what Kevin that's what Kevin Stanley wanted. He wanted to hear a little ABBA. He wanted to hear a little gimme, gimme, gimme. Well, but that wasn't even Thank it. you, Sweden. I mean, again, the Kevin Stenlin shorthanded goal doesn't come on this one. It's standing no, in the know. box, and then Brendan Dillon takes a penalty. So the Jets kill off the five-on-three. It was a short five-on-three, about uh, uh, 17 seconds of a five-on-three. But nonetheless, the Jets kill it off, which is hugely important. And then they kill off the remainder of the Brendan Dillon penalty. But then... Things got even feistier. Nino Niederreiter, playing his first game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, was right in it. And he was sort of uh, noticeable all game long, which is what the Jets certainly brought him in for. And the Jets need him to be. Is, shooting shooting in tight, using yeah, that size. Shooting, physical, puck board battles. That's what he does. He's not much of a playmaker, but that's okay. The Jets have a lot of playmakers on their roster. He takes a uh, he gets a two-minute roughing penalty and a two-minute illegal check to the head penalty. And then while the Jets are shorthanded, uh, it's Adam Lowry who sets up Kevin Stenland uh, for the goal to make it four. Well, hang on. What did this make it? This made it five, five three. three for the Jets five, at the 1826 mark. Uh, you know, it, fortunately for the Kings that they come back and they win this game because Kevin Fiala is not going to like this. He, it's a turnover just sort of off of his stick that just a bad turnover that leads to the uh, that leads to the rush and then Fiala does you know compounds the error by not hustling back and not really picking up anybody he doesn't take you know he he sort of half-heartedly takes Lowry but he leaves Stenland all alone and by the time he tries to get after Stenland it's too late and Lowry hits Stenland with a perfect feed and Stenland makes no mistake and it's 5-3 at this point um, this is at the 18-26 mark of the second period as he and you think 5-3 the Jets have got their third two-goal lead of the game this one seems like it, it's a shorthanded one it seems like it should sort of be a bit of a backbreaker yeah no you described the goal where well there and it's you know what's weird about it is that Fiel has probably got the best hands on the entire team right like he <laughs> is I was telling Dave as we were watching this like I still don't know why Minnesota traded him. Like, I realize, yeah. you know, there's salary cap issues and everything like that. Like, every yeah, I mean, team seems to traded have. A, you know, Minnesota traded him for Victor Rask. Uh, yes, and that was not a good trade, was it? No, that was not <laughs> a good um, trade. No, but Fiala is, I think, leading the Kings in scoring or second in scoring, right? Oh, you're talk- sorry, you were talking about why why the uh, why the ki- the 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 Wild traded uh, Kevin Fiala. Sure, you're sorry. talking about. Uh, I was talking first, about Nita Ryder back was, in the exactly. Day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, no, but it's but you're right and. Like, so it's weird that, you know, it was just a bad turnover. I don't know if he was, you know, just had his head up and he wasn't looking or the puck was rolling or whatever it was, but you're right. Then he kind of trails behind Lowry um, and doesn't just doesn't really have an impact defensively. He just doesn't pick anybody up because Doughty obviously already has Lowry. Um, And then Stenland, like this was one goal where like, look, it's a beautiful pass by Lowry and a nice one-timer by Stenland. But, you know, after, especially after Copley, uh, you know, the, the goals that he was letting in. I mean, mm-hmm. that was one where, you know, he had to come up with a big save there. And as we talked about before, that that should have been the backbreaker because you take that two-goal lead into the third period and you're thinking like, okay, just, put, you know, shut it down for 20 minutes and the Jets weren't able to do it. So 
that's why, you know, it looked like the Kings were going to tie it up on that power play. And so that you thought was going to, you know, swing the momentum in the Jets' favor permanently, but we know what happened in the third. So again, you know, great to see, you know, Lowry and Stenland, guys that haven't been, like Lowry didn't score tonight, so he's still looking for a goal. But you know what we're talking about, especially, you know, he let Kopitar go on the previous goal and, you know, sets up Stenland nicely, but it's just unfortunate that the Jets weren't able to hang on to the lead. They were not, and Andre Kopitar, I mean, again, so second period ends, the Jets have a two-goal lead. What you wanted to start the third period is basically nothing to happen. You want nothing. You want to either score a goal or nothing to happen. Instead, it's the exact opposite. Andre Kopitar is fourth of the game. I After he got his fourth, I would have bet anything he was going to get five. He didn't, but I would have bet anything that he would have. Andre Kopitar, his 24th of the season, is fourth of the game. Assist to uh, Carl Grundstrom and Sean Dursey at the 126 mark. It's a bit of a knuckle puck, a bit of a roar, but he gets all of it. What you don't probably love is Neil Pionk's decision to pinch here. He mm-hmm. pinches at the defensive blue line, uh, and it, you know, and he just sort of puts himself into a position where one a one pass from Grundstrom tees up Kopitar, and the and the defender. So I guess Brendan Dillon isn't able to come over in time to to to, to prevent uh, Kopitar from getting the puck. Uh, the centerman, again, Lowry on this line, isn't getting back in, in time. The Jets are just sort of too aggressive all around at this point of the game uh, in this situation, and the Kings take advantage, and they make it uh, 5-4 at this point, a minute 26 into the third period, Dave. Yeah, and, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking to yourself, well, this I've seen this show before. Yeah. And and despite <laughs> the fact that, that you know, the Jets, like we I said, you know, to start the show – I think the the stat was like 30 and three when they're leading heading into the third period. That's maybe a different Jets team. That's not this Jets current Jets team, which is it's a little more this, fragile yeah, and a little more. less uh, a little less confident right now. And so, yeah, Drew, you're right. It's it's not a goal you like to see. And and it's it, again, I don't want to say there's a casualness, but it seems that like there's a bit of a casualness. These guys are just or a lack of crispness, you know, to their game. And and Neil Pionk, we've been saying this for a long time now, just doesn't look like Neil Pionk anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and he just, and, and whether, you know, it's funny, like, you know, how quick the younger guys and coaches never admit this, but look like how soon have we seen Dylan? How many times have we seen Dylan Sandberg make an error and somehow Dylan Sandberg is now out and Logan Stanley's in, well, like there's been enough games where Neil Pionka did. Okay. You know, maybe you got to give him a, a night off in the press box yeah. and throw one of the other guys in because right now, Neil Pionk is costing your team games. And, and like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm again, I'm not putting it all on Neil Pionk. But his 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 play of late, and I don't mean one or two games, has not been sufficient for a guy one or who two wants seasons. To be, well, for sure, but especially this season, not you yeah. know like this season especially. I mean, you need. Are you a top four defenseman? Not the way you're playing, and so the, and they're using him as if he's a top four. So the Jets yeah. need to make some sort of adjustment because you're giving him the opportunity. He's not taking advantage of the opportunity. Maybe he reduces ice time. Whatever it is, but the point is you got to do something because. He's costing you these goals. And and again, that's at least two that I can think of tonight, which are, you know, in part, you know, well, maybe three actually. But anyways, the point is it wasn't a great game for Neil Pionk. It was not. 5-4 for the Jets at this point in time. The Kings complete the comeback for the third time tonight. Gabe Velarde, his 19th of the season assist to Blake Lazat and Alex Ayafalo. And this one, you know, Dylan Sandberg takes a spill. 
yeah. loses an edge and yeah. Velarde walks in and he's in tight, but he knows how to score goals and he goes short side uh, top shelf on Connor Hellebuck. Probably one you would rather have Hellebuck save. You never want to get beat yeah. short side in this situation, especially, but it's just, it's a bad break for Sandberg. He just, toe picks or whatever and he just catches an edge at a really inopportune time but uh and uh, the kings make no mistake you know the, the kings you know had the jets put it away because the jets had power play opportunity plus a two on oh they had a two on oh yeah and, uh, that which led to a power play opportunity they and Connor, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah yeah they had yeah. two and it was sort of an awkward two on oh uh four three by the way boston beats uh, yeah. calgary uh, uh, they're loving doing that. What a year for Boston! It almost reminds you guys of like the 2000, what was it, 2018 19 Lightning? Yeah, right when they had what did they have 125 points or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, when they lost the it kind of reminds you like they just they just find ways to win games. Like Drew talked about it at the top of the show, like they were getting badly outshot. What was it, 39 to 9? Yeah, 57 to 19, and they still won. It's incredible. Was it a back to back for them? It was a back to back. Oh, it was. It was, it was a bit. Yeah. They, they played, played in Edmonton last night. Last night. Right. Uh, absolutely. How does anybody not game. think they're the Stanley Cup favorite right now? I don't know. Like, they're just like, especially with getting Orlov and Hathaway. And they, they they might get another player too. Honestly, you know who my Stanley Cup favorite is? I mean, we're gonna, anybody. No, a bit of a digression. But if, if the Carolina. No, 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 no. I, I find no. Colorado. Yeah. If Colorado makes one move, they need to make one move yeah. of somewhat significance. Center. They got and Jack Johnson. They need to make one move of somewhat <laughs> significance. And then if they do that, they might cakewalk through the West. Meanwhile, the East is going to be absolutely blowing, you know, beating the shit out of each other. Well, Gabe Landeskog is essentially a trade deadline acquisition, right? And one more, but they need they need another yeah. forward. They need another forward. They I need another center. Yep. And they need somebody to sort They're of fill that slot. still not as deep as they were last year with right. Kadri and Burkowski. Fill the Kadri slot. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, if they do that, then they're, they're my Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, sorry, that was uh, a bit of a digression there. Uh, five all. And the Jets had their opportunities to even not even get to this point in time. If they score on the 2 on zero, if they score on the subsequent power play, if they mm -hmm. score on uh, the earlier power play, the Adrian Kempe cross-checking penalty, you score at any of these – you know, the opportunity knocked and they weren't able to take advantage. Not only that, their power play looked pretty awful. Yeah, again, for sure. story of uh, of recent times. It looks stagnant. It looks stagnant. It looks stagnant again. I mean, it just does. I mean, look, Dubois. Well, they just the watched. They, they they just sorry, Drew. I was going to say they just watched the Kings put on a masterclass on the power play. Yeah. So I mean, they know even what they when have the Kings didn't. Even sorry, Ezzy, but even when the Kings didn't score on the power play, it was dangerous. Right. You sort of felt your, you know, Jets fans had that lump in their throat waiting for them, the Kings to score on, on a lot of different good looks. And the Jets, I mean, their power play just doesn't have any sort of rhythm to it. And that's, you know, again, missed opportunity game. And, you know, I'll, Phoenix Copley was bad tonight, but I'll give him credit because he made a number of big saves in the third period. Yeah. There was a save of, off of Mark Shifley, I think. Uh, where Shifley turned around and had a pretty good yeah. shot. I think Lowry yeah, he, maybe the puck, had a, the puck squeaked. Uh, into, save, yeah. yeah, and then he and he turned around and fired it on him, and he made. And he was good in overtime too. He was good in overtime. Yeah. He made the saves in overtime, and that save on Kyle Connor in the shootout was fantastic because Connor. Yeah, I thought he was like he had, if he if he puts that an inch higher, that's a goal. of course. But he still yeah. made the save. Yeah. So I'll give Copley credit there in the third period when the Kings couldn't afford to give up a goal. He didn't give up a goal. The Kings battled back. 
the overtime settles nothing. Uh, Adrian Kempe is the only goal scorer in, in the shootout. I don't love the decision to use Blake Wheeler in the shootout, but whatever. Uh, that's obviously you know something that we you know doesn't really need to be delved into too deeply. And the Kings win six five. Jets. Well, Drew, you're 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 also you glazed over the most important part. I'm a little disappointed. I, we found yeah. out what Nino Nita Rider's goal song would be. Disco Inferno. Well, I'm glad he Siz chose. and Siz and Nora Van Elken. Just so you know, it's not the original. Remember the wrestler Disco Inferno? I don't know. Yeah. But people wanted to know WCW. what his what is a what is a what his goal song would be. So there you go. Should you know they at least wait until he scored a goal to announce the yeah. goal song? I, I I would have thought that would have been the better course of action. Is anybody sitting there on pins and needles waiting to find out what these guys' <laughs> goal songs are? The same thing. Drew. Yeah, people were yeah. asking. Like people, people wanted to know. Like yeah, maybe it's because the Jets haven't been scoring a lot of even strength goals. That's I why guess. people were excited to find out the goal song. But love to hear yeah. Abbott twice. Tina uh, Tico Napoli is excited about it, as okay. is Kenny's water bottle. So okay, on, they're happy. They're happy. And Mall. Uh, after it's all said and done tonight, the Jets maintain their five-point lead over the Calgary Flames. The Flames, uh, the Jets and the Oilers each have 72 points. The Flames trailing both of those teams uh, with 67 points. Everyone has played 61 games. Uh, that uh, home and home, Friday, Saturday, between the Jets and the Oilers looms large for a Winnipeg Jets team that is still struggling to get on track. Let's head to break. When we come back, we'll do some contests. We'll read some quotes from the post game of from the Jets locker room. Much more to come. The game recap took a whopping 53 and a half minutes almost. <laughs> we say thank you to our friends at Betway for the their sponsorship of the game recap. And I neglected to mention my apologies that Josh Morrissey's second goal of the game, where he walked in from the point and absolutely blew the shot past Phoenix Copley. That is our Seagram's shot of the game, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's. Fireball tastes like heaven, uh, burns like hell, available at all your fine liquor retailers. Connor what? should have been the shot of the game, Drew. Yeah, it could have been Connor too. I guess it depended on if you wanted, if you're more into, if you're more into the ferocity or if you're more into the accuracy. And today I'm more into the ferocity and the speed. Uh, JMO shot was pretty good too, though. They were both pretty good shots. How about how about that? We can say that the Connor shot is the Seagram's '83 shot of the game, Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey, available at all your favorite liquor retailers. Much more to come. It's the Illegal Curve post game show rolls on on this Tuesday night. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, 
the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 11 in the evening on the Tuesday night. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Gentlemen, am I wrong? In your mind, didn't the Jets blow a two-goal lead three times in tonight's we were, game? We were just talking about that during the break, Drew. Yeah, like they had three two-goal leads and then right? lost the game. Oh, okay, you could, so- but I, I agree with you. But I, I can understand the rationale. It's like two nothing was two one. Then it became. Th- I, I agree with you. It would to me. I would conceptualize that as three technically two-goal they lead. didn't blow each lead right because it was two nothing. Okay, so they had they blew. Then it was. What are you saying? Because it was never two all. They never fully blew the lead. It was never two all. I would say that they they blew three two goal leads though. In my books, if you're up to the chat, the chat always was never. Remember, Drew, it was never two all though. It was two one. Then it was three. So technically, it is. It's right. But But you blew them, Dave, in the sense that you you had two goal leads three times and you didn't hold on to them. Right. But you only. But technically, you only blew it when they tie. When they tie it, you don't actually. So it's two. 
two goals. Okay, so so if yes. you're defining it, okay, if you're defining the word as if you're defining it as blown, as in the yeah. uh, the opponent coming all the way back, then it only happened Correct. twice. Yeah. But the Jets had three two goal. They, the Jets had Correct. two goal leads at three different times. The yeah. reason we're talking about this, folks, is because both Scott and Mike, uh, yeah. good friends of ours, of course, tweeted that the Jets blew. Uh, the Jets uh, blew uh, or uh, you know a pair, so two two goal leads, and I'm thinking, they, yeah, and I, I, okay, I see both Move sides on. of the. We got I it. see both sides of it. I don't think anybody's necessarily wrong or right. I think it's just uh, a, a matter of interpretation. Yes, fair enough. That is a matter of interpretation. I guess we are splitting hairs a little bit, but yep. nonetheless, uh, I understand at least now that we've talked it through. I now You're understand good. where the these where Mike and Scott are coming from, and I also understand where we're coming from. We're basically saying a very similar thing with slight nuance differences between the two. Anyways, yeah. that's probably not doesn't need to get uh, delved into any deeper than that. Uh, let's see what some of the post game comments coming out of the Jets dressing room were. I had these here handy a second ago. Rick Bonus, this courtesy of Murata Tesh. Uh, bonuses overall assessment on the game. The compete was there, a couple blown assignments, a couple fluky breaks. It goes right to the hottest player in the game. We competed hard tonight. Uh, were the blown assignments about about confidence? No, that's just a mistake. Don't overanalyze it. So that's courtesy Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus. Let's talk about Nino Niederreiter a little bit. This is what Rick Bonus had to say. Huge. He's a solid top six guy. We have to get the power play go- power play going clearly. He was good in the role. We asked him to play in the power play. He did a good job in the bumper position. That's what he is. A big guy that goes to the net and finishes checks. So we really haven't delved deep into the acquisition of Nino Niederreiter yet. So let's take a couple minutes now and do that. Look, I think this is a good acquisition for the cost. A second round pick. To me, it's a pretty much a no-brainer. It fits perfectly within the window of the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, the next two years this year, plus next year, are allegedly the window where we know after that, everybody becomes a free agent. Pretty sure you all three of us become free agents at that point in time as well. So everything about the acquisition makes logical sense. I have no quibbles with it. There just needs to be more from my perspective. Yeah, we, we touched on it a little bit, but you weren't around for the, the Islanders game, Drew, so we'll indulge you I here. Like, I was like, I'm pretty sure we did talk about it. The oh, you're right. Se- I guess the second half of the, the Islanders I mean, game. But yes. no, but I, I mean, look, he's only played one game. It's not like, you know, Niederreiter's been a jet for a month or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right, but right. I forgot I'm you, Drew. I blocked the entire Islanders game out of my out of my consciousness. Oh, no, it, was, it was it was terrible. People paid money to watch that game, but I know this is this is what it come keeps coming back to me. I mentioned this to Dave. If you go back to the summer, there were two guys that I wanted the Jets forwards. I wanted the Jets to acquire. I don't know yeah. if you remember this, Drew. Niederreiter was one of them. I do. Mason Marchment was the other one. Yes. He obviously went to Dallas. So so Niederreiter. I'm not saying that you know I, I'm some type of genius. I'm far from it. All yeah. I'm saying is that I wonder if Chevy tried to sign Niederreiter because he was a UFA. So I wonder if Chevy, you know, made that attempt. Obviously, like Weber asked thing. him that as he yesterday well, yesterday in practice, Weber asked him about. It. He didn't. He kind of punted. He said Winnipeg was on my radar, but he didn't really get into uh, but that. But Kenny did ask him in the media availability as to whether he was Winnipeg was uh, a consideration for him during free agency. Right, and as you know, Dave, like it's not like all of a sudden a player you know becomes appealing to a GM, right? Like these guys. Um, have certain players that they would like to acquire for sometimes years, right? So I, I love the player. I just can't believe that Chevy got Nino, Nino Niederreiter for just a second round pick. Like I said to Dave, like, 
you would have thought that David Poyle slash Barry Trotz would have wanted at least a prospect in return. Like to me, the return was way too low for the Predators, especially considering what they got for Tanner Janot and Matthias Ekholm, right? So like, that's what I think is most impressive. Like Chevy gets an A plus from me here on this move because he only had to give up a second round pick and it's a 2024 second round pick. It's not because they don't have a 2023 second round pick. So everything about this move, I love the player. He's going to help the Jets score goals. And I love the fact that they only had to give up a second round pick to get him. And Drew, just a pigeon uh, to go off of what Ezzy just talked about, because I think it's relevant. Uh, I don't know if fans uh, heard Elliot Friedman's comments on the Jeff Merrick show, which you can find on a little site called illegalcurve.com. You can also listen to the conversation. We've got some of it transcribed. But one of the things he said, speaking of Nita Ryder and Logan Stanley, he said, so Friedman was asked, someone actually was unsolicited, but said so there's been some, some action around Jets defenseman Logan Stanley. He said, someone told me they were actually surprised that he didn't go to Nashville as part of the Nita Ryder trade. But I've heard there's been a little talk about Stanley as the Jets look to do some things. And then Merrick added, the Jets could be looking to bring in a defenseman. Well, that was that's real insightful. And then Friedman added, <laughs> I, I think they've been looking around at Jacob at Chikrin. No question about it, but I just don't know what the likelihood of it is. So uh, those are basically all the comments. Still go to Leo Curve. Are Merrick and Friedman doing a podcast like every day now? Every day. Yeah. Well, Merrick does a show every day, and Friedman goes on it every day. And there's you. Well, Weber was on it the other a couple of days uh, yesterday when we were at the. It was actually funny because we were at the. Pra- I was at practice, and, and then Weber's often one of the sections by himself, all animated. And I'm like, should we be watching this and then listening to the Jeff Merrick show, getting Weber's tremendous insight? I listened to it after though. <laughs> and was a tremendous insight. It was good. It was good stuff. He talked about some <laughs> some possibilities, whether it was uh Jacob Chikrin and uh and uh and who else did he talk about? He talked about Colton Pareko, he talked about a number of players. So if you want to hear Kenny's insight on the Jeff Merrick show, go to illegalcurve.com. I've got the full interview available to listen to. You know, okay, so you mentioned Colton Pareko. I mean, I no, don't know. I'm not. I'm not on the poll. No, no, no. I know that. I know you're not. But enough people have mentioned the, the, co- Colton the contract Pareko's is name. tough, Drew. The contract seven is more tough, years. Tough. Yeah, yeah. The contract is tough. Yeah, to that's swallow. a tough one. Yeah, it's too much. I like money. Pareko just as much as anybody. He's a good big defenseman. Like, and he's not a one trick pony either. Like, he's he's the real deal. He's a good all around defenseman. That but that's seven years. Age. I don't know about that. It's not going to age well. He'll be thirty six exactly. at the end of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's twenty three. That like he's twenty nine already, uh, and and he plays you know a physical style. He's not one to shy away from some you know some some physicality. So I just don't see that contract aging well. Uh, so I'd be I'd be I'd be surprised if somebody is eagerly taking on that contract between now and Friday. Uh, but uh, obviously, strange things happen as you get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, so we'll keep a close eye on that. Uh, you know, let's briefly talk about today's moves and 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 the chaos that ensued today, and really has ensued Thank over you, the last Phyllis. 48 hours. Uh, yes, there you go. Uh, everything on uh, Phyllis is giving a shout out to everything on illegalcurve.com. She knows what she's uh, she knows what she's talking about. The moves were fast and furious. I don't know that anybody has you know taken a step ahead in the East. I don't know that anyone's you know now significantly better well, the than they were. Group. What's that? The Rangers, Patty Kane. Well, Patty Kane well, and is, Tarasenko. Well, no, but Tarasenko was so long. I'm talking about like moves yeah. in the last week okay, or so. Yeah, but, but I mean, so the the Rangers are definitely a dangerous team. Look, all the teams in the East are dangerous. You can't really tell me the only one who who I don't think is really done right. enough at the trade deadline so far. I don't like Carolina. Carolina. 
I you mean, don't think Pooley RV was a big move? Or, what, or Drew, what about Pittsburgh? I feel like Pittsburgh has a move coming. Apparently, I don't, I don't, well, I JT that, Miller has JT he, Miller apparently is is well, the is the talk yeah. there. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that. They kind of there's a little rumblings there that JT Miller could. That be. would that would I mean look at Pittsburgh could miss the playoffs though, right? Well, I think the problem is in Pittsburgh is that sure half Ron, teams could miss the playoffs. Ron Hextall's job is now is, is, is there's talk about his job being in jeopardy over some of the blown moves that they've made. And over he's the been last there for so while. long too. but they're talking i mean i don't know if you read rob rossi in the athletic i think this weekend he said that it's time that hextall has to be out that he his decisions and his and his roster management has set the team back uh and and they're you know and they're it's inexcusable what he's done uh you know with while still at the same time managing to keep latang and malkin and crosby and the core together but at the same time all the errors that he's made around them but, I have a question. Do, 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 when did the media start deciding whether what which GMs stick around and which ones have to go? Uh, it's, well, it, it's an opinion column, is what it was. So uh, you know, I appreciate that he actually had a strong opinion on something. I mean, the, the, you know, it was it was interesting to read. To me, Carolina hasn't done enough. Pugliarvi is exactly a Carolina player, but he doesn't move the needle for me. They're still, I think, as well, they good just as need they to are. acquire Patrick line. And then they're going to reunite the 2015, 16 <laughs> world junior line route. Right. So well, he, no, he, but I mean, look, but the argument can be made though, Drew, right. That like, I would make the argument, like does Carolina have to like Carolina has been a top team in the league the the whole year. Right. right. Like, I don't know how much I, look at, I, I think, you know, we talked about it on the Saturday show, right? The arms race. The Rangers are loading up. The Devils are loading up. uh, The Islanders have loaded up. Like, so many teams in the East. The Bruins, like, the Leafs, right? Everybody. So, in that sense, I I agree with you. But I I, I still think, I still wouldn't want to play Carolina. A Rod Brindamore coach team with the the talent they have on that roster. And and they could make a move, right, before Friday. Um, I'm not sure what that move is going to be, right? Like, there's a lot of guys that could still get moved like like maybe Max Domi goes back to Carolina I don't know I just never thought that Carolina was going to be in on one of the the bigger names but fair enough Drew that you think that because when you look at what all the other teams have done the Rangers have got better we talked about it like we could go through all the teams in the east right in that sense yeah maybe you know the Hurricanes should get in on the fun all I all I want to say is this this year's playoffs, the first round my first round is always my favorite round anyways this first round is going to be on freaking but like you are yeah. not going to want to miss from like the start of the first round yeah. to the end of the first round every single night you're going to want to watch like five hockey games hook up the to- lightning and the leafs and the rangers and devils oh, to my every, i'm telling yeah. you right now every single game is going to be incredible in the east i still yeah. think the west is looking to have some great games too but they always every, do have great no, games no no the, i know the, but the, I, the, the, the talent the level so on the better. east is going to be but the so east is going to be such an exciting first round and probably yeah. second round as well that it's just going to be phenomenal to watch. can i just make one point and then we'll move on because Drew, you're 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 the host you can I make, I'll make that Drew. you no. can do whatever you want man look i have no problem with the acquisition by toronto of luke shen cost a third round pick and he was drafted by fine. the leafs too i know he's drafted by the leafs but you know he says you can't go home again well you clearly can it, but he's from Saskatchewan, so I don't know why where he's going home. Yeah. He's going to the team that drafted home to the team that drafted him. If, if Luke Shen was that good, and he's a fine player, but if Luke Shen was that good, you know where he wouldn't have been playing? Vancouver. He would have been more sought after in the yeah, offseason. I, I don't know, Drew. I mean, I think Tampa. Apparently, the rumor was Tampa wanted him back. No, no, they wanted him back. I don't doubt that they wanted him back. 
because he's a good playoff veteran. He's a good guy yeah. to have around in the playoffs. Yeah. But he's not a difference maker. Like everyone's making it. No, yeah, but, but Drew, remember, you don't necessarily need like. Look, first of all, Toronto can't afford a difference maker. They don't have the. They don't have well, the cap space. And, 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 and also, that's not what they need. They have Matthews and Tavares and right. Nylander and Marner. It's defense that they needed. And in that sense, it's also funny that they replaced Jake Muzzin with Jake McCabe. I don't know if anybody else found that funny. Mm-hmm. Left side defenseman McCabe is good. I, I look look at Drew. This is not actually McCabe. I think I like McCabe for Toronto. This is not the 2012 addition. LA Kings defense with you know Dowdy and Robin Regeer and right. uh, I'm not going to mention the other guy's name that did something really really uh, inexcusable. Um, I can't even remember his name, so you, it's good that you don't. Voyanov. I didn't really want to slab a Voyanov. He yeah, was a really Voyanov, good defenseman. He's also an idiot right. who we should never really give any airtime to, right? But right. The point is that that the Leafs defense, like. I love the Giordano set the shot blocking record. <laughs> That's just awesome. But yeah, like you, you Muzzin, you had to replace Muzzin. So in that sense, you know, they filled the gaps and obviously, you know, they would rather have Luke Shen for the playoffs than Rasmus Sandin, for example, obviously I, Timothy Lilligren is a better defenseman and the, and Dubas and Shani believe that. Right. Um, but yeah, Drew, I, I, I look, the Ryan O'Reilly trade is the big one. And and the thing is the Leafs are, are look at Nola Chari, Luke Shen, Jake McCabe, Dave, you're getting these guys, with the specific for the specific reason of beating the lightning in the first round, right? That's right. That's so right. I, I, you know, the moves we could debate, you know, how good the moves were, but yeah, Drew, fair enough. Like Luke Shen is a third pairing defenseman. That's what but, he the, is. but exactly. that's fine. But again, remember, you you need those third pairing defensemen. You need the guys you don't who are. Need I'm, him. I'm, I'm Drew. Remember, you need depth. I'm I mean, not that's saying all, that's it's all, not worth yeah. acquiring them, but yeah. they make it out to everyone. Uh, hello, yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, if the Jets could acquire, you know. Guys you're like not, that. You're not listening your... to what I'm saying, Dave. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not worth acquiring them. Listen but enough, if they Dave. win the Stanley Cup, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be because of Luke Shen. I don't. Well, how do you know that? Because I, I know that. Because okay. if he was that important, he, has the if he was that important, he wouldn't be on Vancouver to begin with. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. You become a GM. Thank you. I will. Contest time. Uh, Ezzy, tough doc, hardest hitting comment. Yeah, let's do tough doc, like hardest le- hitting comment. Post game shows like the length of the Saturday show, for God's sake. It really is. Okay, I'm actually I, gonna, I, I'm actually gonna split this into like a a Nito Nito Ryer show, a trade deadline show, and a post game show. I like it. Okay, tough doc, hardest hitting comment. We're gonna give it to Lawrence uh, Grizenda. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. You've got it up there. I just thought this was a hilarious comment. Jets top six are like a studio of artists, creative and brilliant at times but create a large mess of paint and supplies on the floor, our D zone most nights. Drew and I can relate to having uh, a That's lot a of markers analogy. and, and crayons and everything like uh, that. So I like that comment about my kids are like cats. Now they're into playing with these massive rolls of like yarn, almost interesting. It drives me absolutely bananas. And I have to like get over myself because they're, doing what kids are supposed to be doing it's like creative and independent play yep. and they're now watching a screen and they're having fun and they're using your their imaginations but it drives me absolutely insane that i have these sort of little fluffs of string and yarn all over my house now it just drives isn't me that what par- isn't that what parenting is just your kids driving you insane all the time well, it's like my ocd is kicking in about having stuff around but the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing so i just have to like serenity now serenity now serenity now and then i throw a whiskey bottle and i hit the referee <laughs> i love that okay so lawrence grizenda send me an email ezra at illegalcurve.com or slide into my dms icsg and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you, just like Jason Smith, not the former Devils and Leafs defenseman, but the viewer who won the last Tough Duck Harding hit 
Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment, and he was in North Glen, Colorado. Oh, we ship, we ship out to the U.S. There you go. We and by the way, Jason always has great – to to give Jason a little more kudos, we got to give Jason kudos because he always has great comments uh, on our videos. And so yes. I, I want a big thanks to Jason for always doing that. And you can be like Jason and T. Conapoli. He often does that as well. So we always appreciate that. Even after the videos are done, drop a comment. Drop Well, drop a like for sure. Drop it like it's hot, but, Dave. But drop comments both on the videos <laughs> – Nobody and, wants to see Dave dropping anything like it's and, hot. And and I'm dropping <laughs> maybe, this. Maybe I'm, a I'm, I'm yeah. dropping some knowledge on you, right? Like it's hot. And drop it on the podcast. Uh, only took him an hour and fifteen minutes to do that. What's that? Drop some knowledge on us. I've been dropping on knowledge on you since the start of this podcast. Bro. Okay, then give us some knowledge about who is the illegal curve merchandise contest winner for tonight's game, Dave. Well, put their name up because I don't know it off the top well, of my head. You Drew. can look Paul at the Pritchko. Same well, I could have, but I mean, both my hands. Paul needs some so more I... vowels in his last name. <laughs> He's Paul Spelling, Paul Scrabble is the winner of tonight's. Uh, well, I'm sure nope. that his whole life. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, Paul is the winner, so congratulations to Paul. You are the I think IC would be merch. Prichitko would be my guess. Prichitko, yep. that's what I said. Yeah, Prichitko. Okay, so um, that rem- that that name, sorry, Dave, we we both keep uh, cutting you off here. It reminds me fine. of former New York Rangers forward Peter Pruka, double P. What about Zygmunt Palfi? Wasn't he the guy who was? Wasn't he the guy who was traded for uh, for Jesse Pugliarvi today? Uh, it was like no, some, so, uh, some double. It was Patrick, a, it was yeah. a, it was a double P guy yeah, who was Pistola. unsigned. Pistola or something like that. Yeah. He's like he's a call. I think he's a college player, right? Apparently he's okay. Oh, I think he's anyway. finished. Oh, is he finished? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm finished now. So, anyways, so yeah, so we've got uh, okay, congratulations to Paul. So apparently. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Kings and the Blue Jackets, this is courtesy of Elliot Friedman, are working on a Corpusalo and Gavrikov deal. Yeah. And one of the pieces that will go to Columbus is Jonathan Quick. Whoa. And, Whoa. And a first round pick will also be involved. So the deal is being worked on. It's not yet confirmed. Wow. But it sounds like it's Corpusalo, Gavrikov. They're the big pieces yeah, were... in that deal. Wow. And Quick will go back to Columbus. Uh, and a first round pick. You wonder if Quick is if that's Done. just the salary yeah. cap. You maybe I wonder if he retires or or what happens with there with that at that point in time. But let uh, me tell you something, boys. This has been the craziest. Like, wow. Anyway, sorry, we got to finish off this part. The craziest Let's, trade deadline. The craziest lead, lead up, up to the trade lead deadline. Up, There's gonna right. be no players left to trade by by Friday. Chevy, Don't Chevy worry. will be. They have, PSN has a music video or something they're playing instead. <laughs> yeah. They already previewed it. Oh really. Yeah, it's on Duffy oh. tweeted about. There's nothing. There's I nothing like worse. Duffy. Didn't but, Gino uh, Retta put on the the goalie equipment last there's, year? No, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than when they get really self indulgent. Not that we don't do that here on this Dave, show. But that's a, what do you think this whole show is? I know, but I mean, I'm not really like paying attention to myself. I just cr- like to critique other people, Drew. Yeah, okay. So, anyways, let's let's give out the unique code word because this show has already been 14 hours. Self indulgent. <laughs> this show is so far up its own ass all the time, and that might as well, well be it's our, actually our logo. You. Actually, actually, it's just gonna be a picture of Mendel's face. Uh, anywho, the unique code word. Yes, the unique code word for the illegal curve contest for it tonight's post game show. Hollywood North, because of course that's as everyone knows, lots of movies made here in uh, in Manitoba. There's been uh, we. There's been movies shot in this living room here. <laughs> well, Izzy, we don't talk about those kind of movies, but Channel sure. Five Ninety Seven on Direct TV back in the day. Yeah, they're like Drew. Russ Meyer films. Yeah, like that was a lot of. Qu- that was a quick one there, Drew. You you can pick that one up pretty quick. 
Anywho, well, Spencer Sisters, which has been uh, easy, easy. We got Spencer in the chat. Don't start talking about Spencer Sisters. Don't bring Spencer into this. The Spencer, Spencer Sisters, sisters which is sisters advertised all along. over the Jets broadcast on TSN, was filmed right outside my living room window. What is Spencer filmed... Sisters? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. So yeah, clearly, you haven't been watching the broadcast that closely, Dave. You have an excuse. You've been at the games, but it's one. It's some stupid ctv show that they've been plugging ad uh, ad nauseum during the jets games in there and it's it was a show that was filmed right outside my house oh, oh so i did uh, they also three they people were really annoying even... by the way like they'd be like sir sir please don't walk your dog there you're in the shoot i'm like really i'm on my i'm on my yard i'm going to walk my dog wherever i want to anyhow well they film oh, a lot Stacey, of movies stacy farber's in that who <laughs> I don't know. She, I googled it. She's one of the actresses. Which in one it. were you looking at? The Spencer Sisters one or the movie that was filmed yeah. in Dave's living room? Yeah, easy there, Tiger. <laughs> I don't need that on my ISP. Thank you very much, Ginsburg. But anywho, so everybody get a chance to uh, enter the contest, and you two can win. Now, just so you know, this word will work on both the February and Mar- new March one. So the new March link is up. So enter the March contest because that will be in effect. But if you enter it on this one, we'll make sure that we can. Uh, draw from both so um do what you got to do enter those words enter the contest go to legalcurve.com i have got so much jets moose ice ice speaking of the ice i'll do this one quick because there's i mean we're not going to give it a game recap because not as drew is saying he's gonna need all his fingers 10 goals 10 goals today for the winnipeg ice as a eight not nine but 10 10 goals 10 goals 10 goals for the winnipeg ice who destroyed the Edmonton Oil Kings, they're uh, wet, the ice are folk. destroying the entire Western League. They, they are they, well, except for Seattle. Seattle and the ice are going to be one hell of a battle, uh, I think, when it all comes when it's all said and done. But the Winnipeg guys, boy, Reed Schaefer, Dave. There's a lot of a lot of Brad Lambert's on that team. Tyrell Bauer, the did he just Paul, get traded today? Reed Schaefer, didn't he go yeah, to uh, Nashville? He went, in the, uh, he's in Nashville now. Yeah, they traded yeah. away the Edmonton born kid. Uh, so we'll see about that. But anywho, point is that I like uh, that the, move for the Oilers. Yeah, no, that's Ekholm's a nice, a nice addition for sure. For mm-hmm. uh, for for um, like, Edmonton. is is this musical chairs and like Jacob Trickerin's just like he's the odd man out? He's like still in nice. Could you imagine? hasn't been traded yet. Could you imagine if he ends up not getting traded? Sorry, I just killed my own thought with another thought, but like I got to tell you, like that that like the fact that he's been held out for he he hasn't been hockey two full no, more than two weeks. It's, no, it's crazy. Weeks. Oh, is Almost it exactly? exactly. Yeah. But I think it's like six. What is it? Six or games, seven games. Like it's oh, it's insane. Anyways, quickly though. So yeah, the ice win eighteen to two in their is the aggregate score in the two games in Edmonton. They're off to um, Medicine Hat, I believe. They're on a ten game road swing right now. They've won eleven straight games. Their winning percentage is like nine, almost nine hundred. It's like eight sixty eight. Uh, the ice are phenomenal, and so they've got three more games on the road. I believe Medicine Hat is tomorrow night, and then the Moose uh, Moose quickly they were doing their backyard rink. It was the first time they've done a moose backyard rink in weather that was not minus 40, but Hey, the, another Winnipeg family, the Priestley family, they got a chance to uh, celebrate their backyard rink with uh, De- Declan Chisholm, Jansen Harkins, Ashton Sautner and Greg Morales. So a nice uh, way for them to give back to the community and they're back. Uh, they practice, what is it today? Tuesday. So they're off tomorrow. They're back in practice on Thursday. 
There you have it, Dave M. with another little bit of a recap of all the good stuff happening with the ice and the moose. The Jets end up losing tonight 6-5 to the Los Angeles Kings. Final word tonight goes to our buddy Mike McIntyre. This tweet, courtesy of him, with 21 games to go, the Jets are three points out of first in the Central Division, four points out of first in the Western Conference yet five points out of being below the playoff line. That just emblematic of how close it is in the Western Conference, numbers one through nine. Big thank you to all the sponsors of the Illegal Curve post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. We're for sure back on Friday evening for the post-game show of the Jets and the Oilers, so that'll be at 10.45 p.m., but uh, stay tuned to all of our social media and our website, IllegalCurve.com, and we'll keep you abreast if there's going to be any additional shows between now and then. We'll see what happens, or we'll see if we wait until Friday's uh, post-game show to bring it all together and put a bow on the trade deadline. Big thanks to all of you for joining us. It's been a fun post-game show. It's been a long post-game show, nearing an hour Might be the longest one ever. Five minutes. Yeah, probably pretty close to the longest one ever. Lots going on in the hockey We're just getting ready for the playoffs, right? There you go. Well, the Jets need to get there first, Desi. Time will tell if they're able to get there right? He was talking about the ice and moose playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, I know that's what he was talking about. Talking about calling playoffs. For Dave Manouk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us until Friday, maybe before then. We shall see. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.